Good morning, shirts. Welcome. We're going to begin our time together, as is our custom, reading God's word to each other and encouraging one another and, uh, with these words. So would you stand to your feet? And we're going to read 2 Timothy 4, verse 1 and 2 together. I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus, who is coming to judge the living and the dead, and because of his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and teaching. And believe it or not, that's what we do together when we sing. We're proclaiming God's word to each other. So let's do that together. Sleep. 
by death, the God of life, that no grave could e'er restrain him. Praise the Lord, he is Ruler of all nature 
God's word, he, he talks about it again and again. He says, uh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. So our choir is going to uh, uh, lead us in a song or sing a song for us uh, called You Are Good.
Well, good morning. Good morning and welcome to Hebron Baptist Church. So good to see you all today. We exist to glorify God by inviting every person to take their next steps toward Christ. For some of us, that might look like putting our faith in God. For some of us, that might look like being baptized or joining this local church or going on a mission trip wherever you are. We want to encourage all of us to take our next steps toward Christ. Well, if you're a guest here today, we want to extend a special welcome to you. We're so glad that you're here. We'd love to get to know you. One way we can do that is through a Connect card. That's a little piece of paper in the seat in front of you. If you would just pull that out and fill that out, that'll let us know how we can be praying for you, how we can serve you. Then after service, if you exit through these center doors and turn left, you'll see our Next Steps desk. There, you can meet someone who'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have. You can turn that Connect card in and also receive a free gift. So welcome, guests. We're so glad that you're here today. We're going to transition now to a moment of prayer, and as we do, I ask all of us to reflect on an act of worship that we'll have later in the service as we give of our tithes and offerings. So would you please join with me in prayer? Good morning, Heavenly Father. Lord, thank you for another day that we get to come, another Sunday, that, that we get to come and worship you with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And today, Lord, we lift up to you specifically our core value of sacrificial giving. Thank you, Lord, for being so generous to us. You have provided for us in so many ways. You've given us each breath and heartbeat. You've provided for our daily bread. You've given us sweet fellowship here in this church body. Thank you for giving to us so sacrificially and selflessly. We think specifically of the sacrifice of your son, Jesus, who died on the cross so that we may put our trust in him and have life that we don't deserve, a gift of life from you. Lord, we pray that you would make us reflect you, that you would shape us to look more and more like you each and every day. And as you do that, Lord, we ask that you would allow us to be more and more sacrificial givers. You've given each of us different gifts, different interests, different resources, and we pray that we would use all these for you. All of our treasures, all of our time, all of our talents, it's all yours. We hold this loosely in our hand, and we pray that you would use all these gifts you've given to us for your glory and your kingdom. Lord, we pray this morning not only for ourselves, but we lift up to you our partner in the Lord, uh, church planter, evangelist, IMB associate, Carl Porter. Thank you that we get to partner with Carl. Thank you for his heart for ministry. Lord, thank you for the church he has planted in England. We pray for your blessing on that church body today. We also pray for all the different ministries that Carl is involved in, from evangelism to discipleship to preaching that he does. Would you continue to empower him and use him? Bless his ministry that so many people would not only come to know you as Savior, but grow deep in their commitment and their love for you. Please bless Carl and his family today. Lord, our hearts are burdened this morning as we lift up to you Dorothy Ann Brent the sister of Linda Davis, and aunt of Jim Davis, who went to be with the Lord. We pray for this family now. We thank you for, for Dorothy's faith in you now that her faith has made sight present with you, Lord. But we pray, Lord, for her family now, mourning her loss. We pray for Jim, who'll be preaching at her funeral this week, that you would empower him and use him, that many hearts will be changed and drawn to you. Please bless and comfort this family now. And finally, Lord, we come to you all with our great need. We confess that we have all sinned. This morning, this past week, Lord, you know each of our hearts. And we just take a moment to confess to you, Lord, we have sinned. You are holy, and we have fallen short of your holiness. But we thank you that your response to us is that of grace, amazing grace, that you would send your Son, Jesus, God the Son incarnate, 
to take our place, to die on the cross where we deserve to be. We deserve to be in your judgment, but you would take that for us. And and in exchange, by faith, we receive a righteousness that we do not deserve. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for making us clean. We pray that today we would sense that anew, that you would refresh us with your grace and the purity that you give to us, and that we would walk in newness of life. We continue to worship you today. We thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet and let's respond in gratefulness for the forgiveness we have in Christ. Let's sing this together. The mystery of the cross. The mystery of the cross I cannot comprehend. The agony
time of hearing from God's word. Let's reflect a moment on the work of Christ on the cross. Let's make this our prayer.
Amen. Thank you for singing. You see. Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Sean, and we are glad that you're here. Uh, I hope that uh, we have just worshiped the Lord together. Amen today. And uh, I am so excited that we could dive into God's Word together. Uh, if you want, turn in your copy of God's Word to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1, and we're going to actually read, um, let's see, uh, verse, yeah. 28 and 29 or actually we'll start in verse 24 just to get a little context uh, that's page 1043 in the pew bible that's in front of you so if you want to use that bible that's in front of you and follow along in that translation it's 1043 1043 at the very bottom of that page is where we will be well uh, if you can remember a whole two weeks ago yeah that's a long time to remember uh, we were uh, canceled last week because of the snow and uh, so uh, we started a series last week of um, of all in and if you recall the scripture that we talked about was take up your cross and follow me and there's the call of every Christian this is not of some Christians or super Christians or or uh, uh, missionaries or pastors this is the call if you are to follow me if you are to follow Jesus you are to deny yourself take up your cross and follow me therefore that call for all of us is to be we talked about all in for our relationship with Jesus to do everything he's called us to do, to die to ourselves, to, to, to kill those things, those passions that are, are for our own sake and for our own wants and for our own desires and be all in for his kingdom, for, for his glory. And if that's the case for our own lives, then it should be for our lives together as a church. And therefore, if it is to do all in, then we should be all in in the things that are important to Christ. And so over the next couple of weeks, starting with today, that we're going to be talking about what are these things that we should be all in for as Christians? All in for. And today we're going to talk about being all in to discipleship, all in on discipleship. So uh, for context, let's read a couple of verses before what we're going to focus on. But let's begin in, in chap, uh, verse 24, Colossians chapter 1. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and I'm completing in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for his body, that is, the church. I've become its servant according to God's compassion that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden to me, sorry, hidden for the ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth 
of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, warn him, teaching everyone in all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I labor for this, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we ask this morning expectantly to come to your word, knowing that in your word is life, is joy, but God, in your word is the power of change. And so, Lord, we ask that, Lord, that you would change us, move us, empower us to be more like your son, and may we never be the same again. Amen. Reading a post from a pastor many years ago, I was convicted. I was convicted that I can be a, both busy and lazy at the same time. I can be a hectic sluggard. That I can work a lot and be busy, but in the same way can be lazy to the capacity of the important things of God. Because, friends, busyness did not mean diligence. Busyness does not equal faithfulness. Busyness does not even result in fruitfulness. A sluggard can be busy doing a lot of things, neglecting the things that are most important that we can be busy doing things that we can come up with, but we are neglecting the things that God holds in high value. And Christians, if you are not prioritizing your own spiritual maturing and the spiritual health of others, you are neglecting something of first importance in the Lord. Are you being so busy in things that you are not doing the things that matter the most? You see, in our text, Paul declares that he is laboring, he is striving for what? To present others into maturity in Christ. That this is a matter that we should strive for, to work for. And friends, this is not just the call of a pastor. This is what the scriptures teach us. 2 John 6 tells that we are to be about our own discipleship and growth. This is love that we walk in his commands. This is the command, as you have heard from the beginning, that you walk in love. There's that aspect of us walking in obedience, walk in love of Christ, that we, we walk in love and growing in holiness. Paul tells us that that's the work of us together as Christians in the lives of others in 1 Thessalonians 3, uh, excuse me, 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. That is our role as a church, to build, strengthen, mature each other in our faith. The author of Hebrews tells us in 10.24, and let us consider one another um, uh, in order to provoke love and good works. It is in this that we are commanded in Scripture to 
both be about the spiritual maturity of ourselves growing in Christ's likeness, but also the maturity and growing of others. And notice here in 1 Timothy, excuse me, Colossians 1.28, that he says, I am laboring for this, working towards the maturity of others. Paul is struggling, he says, in verse 29, that he is suffering in verse 24. For what? For the sake of others' spiritual maturity. What Paul is saying is that this is, we can be busy doing a lot of things, but if we are not striving for our own uh, encouragement, holiness, spiritual growth, and for the sake of others, then we are not helping others grow. Mark Dever says that discipling, it's our topic today, discipling, is doing spiritual good to help others follow Jesus. Can you say that you are committed to that for your own sake and your own soul? Can you say that you are committed to follow Jesus and growing in spiritual maturity? Can you say that you are committed in your own life to help others follow Jesus? Or are you rejecting offers? Are you rejecting offers to be with others? Are you saying, I I'm too busy to do this. I I've got too many other things going on. I've got too many irons in the fire. Well, brother or sister, let me tell you, Jesus, Paul was saying, strive, work, toil, because it doesn't come easy. There's so many other things that will choke this out in our life if we're not careful that we need to make a priority and a commitment for our own spiritual good and the spiritual good of others. Brothers and sisters, for our own spiritual good and the good for others, we need to be all in on discipleship for ourselves, for our church members, for our children, for our friends. See, it's not enough to be around God's word or near God's word, around godly things. We can't pick things up all by osmosis. It is important, the Bible says, be around a preacher who teaches the word of God. Be around people who can teach you the things of the Lord. But if we do not actively work in discipling and working for growth, then we are neglecting some first important things. So how are you doing on your own spiritual growth? And how are you helping others? Well, I want us to just be reminded what these verses tell us in three aspects, three tasks of discipleship to help us for ourselves and for others. Number one, if you're taking notes on your bulletin or in your phone, number one, proclaim the goodness of Christ proclaim the goodness of Christ. In verse 28, it says, we proclaim him. Well, who does he proclaim? Well, look, he, Paul has just spent the better of chapter one proclaiming this Christ. 
He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is all things, and by him all things hold together. He is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that uh, he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things in heaven, or, so, excuse me, earth, or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on a cross. Who is he? He is Jesus. And this is who G Paul is reminding us to look at. Who are we to proclaim? We are to proclaim Jesus. This is crucial for our discipleship because we cannot grow. What did, what did Mark Dever say? To do spiritual good, to help people follow Christ. We need to know who we're following and we need to make sure that we're following the right Christ. Because in our spirit, in our age, in every age to come, they have created antichrists, the Bible tells us. False Christs. Inferior Christs. False Christs. We live in an age that the Christ who makes you rich, if you sow a seed of faith, if you give to the preacher on TV. We live in an age where the Christ that we follow is the Christ that, that drops everything to cure our sickness but has nothing to do with the rest of our life. We, in this age, have this Christ that if we find our holy places, our spiritual places, our tranquility, our spiritual moments that have nothing to do with the true Christ, the ones that give us the, the liver shivers and the feel, feelings that we have to, to follow some spiritual feeling that we have out here. There are antichrists of political nature, those that, that come from the courageous defender of the family values on one side or on the other, those who side with the oppressed and poor. But regardless of these Christs, these are not the true Christ. And friends, what we need to be reminded is and more be reminded that there is no alternative than the Christ of the Scriptures. We are ultimately the focus of our faith is Christ, not a doctrine, not a spirituality, not a program, just the person, Jesus Christ, that Paul proclaims that once we were alienated and hostile in our minds as expressed in our evil actions, but now we have been reconciled by his physical body through his death to present us holy, faultless, and blameless before him. And it's this Jesus whom we worship. It is this Jesus who died for us. It is this Jesus who saves. It is this Jesus who is worthy. And that is what all our life is staked on. That Jesus, the true Christ, the one who saves, and it is this our understanding of the gospel that we keep coming back to all of our life. I just said in our new members class today that the, we think that the gospel is the ABCs of becoming a Christian, but the gospel is the A to Z of the Christian life. That we keep coming back to it. 
that when we have a false identity based on our work or our school or our sports, that we go and nail it to the cross because our, we remember our identity is Christ, the one who died for us. That when we can't forgive our spouse or we can't forgive our family member or we can't forgive someone at work, that we go back to the gospel and be reminded that how much we've been forgiven of a Christ who was nailed to a tree, that we are able to forgive others, that we know that this is the gospel that frees us and gives us peace. And it is this that we keep going back over and over and over again. And that discipleship must start with Jesus. Be reminded of this glorious goodness that it is Jesus who died for you. It is Jesus who lives. It is Jesus who saves. May we first start there and make sure we're always pointing ourselves and others who can be, as we say, our hearts get to wandering away to these false Christs. No, there is one Christ, the one of the Bible. May we point each others to Jesus. Secondly, we should admonish and teach one another towards maturity verse 28 we proclaim him warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom as we disciple one another we are committed to consistent instruction and warning one another in holiness and paul writes here that discipleship is both correcting and teaching admonishing or warning here is uh, the word that is translated warning in my text but it it is admonishing literally means straightening out thinking there's oftentimes that we need to have our thinking straightened out sarah straightens out my thinking every day and i'm thankful for that but we are admonished we are warned we are corrected any time that we wander from the Bible we wander from the ways of God if it's not true just ask a ship's navigator because what does a ship do out on the sea it constantly needs to have their course adjusted by the wind, by the waves, by the, by the jet streams, by everything. There's always something wanting to pull. There's always something to take it off. And again, we've used this illustration before. If you're, if you're off by a degree now, if you keep down the wrong degree, you're going to find yourself way off track. And so admonishing or warning or correcting is to fix us to get us back on track with the Lord to get back in line with the scriptures to be trusting the scriptures and and encouraging one another in this way brother and sister we need to have two things we need to have vulnerability and boldness in this regard we need to that's why we think that the church we talk about here church membership is vital to the Christian life high importance because being in a church body being in with other believers gives us the ability to be corrected when we're needed and help correct others when they need it 
And we need vulnerability and courage. We need vulnerability to live in a relationship with other believers, to be open about our life, to be truthful about our sin, to be open to correction, to be willing because our brother and sister who cares for our soul should be willing and should be able to speak truth in our life. We need to be open and vulnerable to correction, but we also need to be bold. It's hard to tell someone that they're wrong. It's hard to correct someone when they need it. But if we love that brother or sister in Christ, and we know their soul is at stake in sin, then we are boldly proclaiming Christ and warning them with fear to turn to the right way of Christ. Paul also used the term teach or instruct. This is the positive flip side. It's about presenting the truth of God, the way that the word has been revealed by faith to the world that we understand that we must instruct and teach each other the truth, the reality, the right way. That we are to teach in a way that profoundly stretches our hearts and minds, but also impacts our lives. See, we are not just aiming at information transfer, but life transformation by encountering Christ. You see, it's important that we do both, that we warn and admonish and that we teach and instruct. I'm now going through this with my third child now, and I've learned how the importance of both takes for shaping someone. I mean, instruction, I'm now the third one that I'm teaching how to brush their teeth and and comb their hair and do things but I'm also regularly get down from that ceiling fan that's going to endanger you or don't jump from up there those, those are things that we do on both sides to, to help our children understand what is right and what is wrong in the same way it's important for the growth of all of us that we are being instructed in the right way and corrected if we go the wrong way. But it's even more important that we do it with one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says, And we exhort you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, and be patient with everyone. You know, when Paul says, with all wisdom, we do things not in an unloving way, but the loving way the patient way, not pridefully because we know that we could slip just into sin as easily as they can, but that we go with wisdom to help instruct. What's the goal of this teaching and correction? Well, he says to present in maturity. This Greek word teleos is completeness. It connotates a wholeheartedness, a complete devotion of blamelessness of conduct you see our goal is to present not just information 
but transformation. We want to encourage ourselves and each other to faithfully follow Jesus, which comes out in our, the way we live, the way we talk, the way that we treat one another. Paul Tripp says, we should never be content with a study of God's word that allows us to develop a big theological brain while living with a diseased and unchanged heart. Brother, sister, we need to instruct and admonish towards maturity in Christ. What area do you need to grow in your blamelessness? How are you being involved with other Christians in their lives? Are you willing to be vulnerable enough that someone can speak to your heart? Are you willing to say to your Christian friend, hey, this is not God's way for you. God has given us the gift of each other to help each other grow in holiness. But number three, strive hard and depend on God for growth. Strive hard and depend on God for growth. Listen to what Paul writes. For this I labor, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. Paul sees this beautiful picture of us striving, working in God's strength and his power in our life. You know, when I was a child, when I was young, I said, Dad, I want to help you do this. You know, I, always, I have a little helper all the time now. Dad, I want to help you. And they're just, you know, I'm trying to work one screw, and they're just using a hammer to beat something else. And they're helping, they're helping. But when I was little, I was, I was like, Dad, I'm going to push this wheelbarrow for you. I'm going to push it. And so, of course, it's filled with dirt, you know, just brimming over. And so I go up to it, I start pushing, I'm pushing, and all of a sudden, to my son, it's moving. It's moving, and I start pushing, and I'm pushing, and it's going, and it's going. I didn't know that I had my father gently helping from behind. We all know that we can strive on our own, but without the Lord, it just doesn't matter. And we know that in our life, in our Christian life, we can try to do things on our own, but without the Lord, it just doesn't matter. But we, Scripture, Paul tells us both sides that we can err in both ways, that sometimes that we work hard every way, that we do everything to grow or to grow spiritually or to do something and we we work and we work and we work and we leave the Lord out of it and what happens is we get discouraged because there's not true spiritual growth because we're doing it in our own strength or on the other side there's some who are maybe hyper spiritual that just say well God will take care of it and then they never do anything about it oh look let me just be clear there are many times God tells us to wait and that means not doing something and, or waiting for the Lord to do stuff. But, but when we're talking about discipleship, we can't just sit back and hope that we grow, that we, 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 
we wait around and things might change. Paul reminds us the delicate balance of striving, but in his strength with his power at work in us. Earlier he even wrote that we are being strengthened, and this is Colossians 1.11, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance, patience, and joyfully. See, we cannot be still and hope things will change. You know, the, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting the different, uh, different results. Well, maybe the definition of laziness is doing nothing and expecting some result. The Lord, by His grace, has given us things to help benefit us in our discipleship, and we need to do those things. And when we do those things, it is His strength, His power, His grace that makes those things work within us. God gives us spiritual disciplines to help us grow. He gives us reading the scriptures daily. He gives us prayer. He gives us giving of our finances. He gives us evangelism. He gives us all these things that by grace he's given us these things. Here's this gift. If you do this thing, you will grow in me and I will meet you there. But how often do we not do any of them? Brother, sister, we know that it is, it is working with the Lord that he grows us. We're all, many of us are our dress supporting our team today the big two games today many of you are here to support the who day today and their hopeful big win and and uh paul ralph man you're holding it down for him over there we still love our brother in christ with his kansas city shirt over there i'm i'm wearing my eagles green over here for my game at three o'clock today and and uh, just, we're just all glad that Cowboys aren't playing today, amen? Well, we know that this week, that the coaches, the coaches of the Bengals, they looked and said, guys, we can win. Kansas City's going to be tough. We can do it. All right, see you Sunday. You know, they did not do that. They didn't say, hey, look, you've got, we know you can do it. And they didn't meet this week. They didn't do anything. They didn't say, hey, rah-rah, siskumbal, you, you go, you're going to win. No, every day they had meetings. They trained on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. They practiced or they did walkthroughs. They were doing things, disciplining themselves, studying their opponent, doing something because they know that their work would help them in the game today. And in the same way, brother, sister, if we want growth spiritually, we need to strive in God's strength. Use the gifts that God has given us. But let us be encouraged that even in our feeble work, God's going to give the growth. That God's going to meet us there. Because without him, there is really no growth. Let us be encouraged that he will empower us and grow us with his help. He is invested because we are his glory. For the, and he is using us, changing the world through our lives of sharing the gospel with others and serving the world. 
He is using us for His glory. And we need to be reminded that God has invested in us. Paul, David Tripp says, the goal of God's grace is His own glory. And He calls out and purifies a people that belong to Him alone. And when He owns their hearts unchallenged, these people will be eager to do what is good in His eyes. So brothers and sisters, discipleship is a joint work between us and the Lord to help each other look more like Jesus. Friends, we need to all be all in on discipleship for ourselves and for others to grow until he calls us home. And therefore, I'm calling for us today to be all in, committed for discipleship. That you're doing everything that you know to help read the Bible, pray, grow in him daily. If you need help, reach out to a Christian friend, your life group leader, or call one of his pastors. We would love to help you grow in your faith. But, but there are two th- ways that we are committed here at Hebron Baptist, committed into fellowship and to discipleship that you should be committed to as well. We have five runways of discipleship, and two of those specifically talk about discipleship. Number two runway, mature through weekly life groups. That's meeting with other believers, applying the scriptures, talking to one another. How do I, in this text, in, in Colossians 1, 28 and 29, this is how I'm struggling. This is where I need your help. Would you pray for me in this regard? It's meeting with other Christians in fellowship, knowing that they are praying for you, helping you, encouraging you to run the race with endurance. Brothers and sisters, those of us could testify the impact of our life group, whether it's on campus or off campus, of the impact that these people have in our lives. And so I encourage you to commit to it. Be present. If you don't have one before you leave today, stop at the next steps desk and say what life groups when do they meet how can i get plugged in today there are going to be life group leaders and members that are sitting all around you ask them are you in a life group where do you meet how do you meet if you're in a life group you should be saying hey come meet with me in my life group inviting people to a life group remember this step of commitment and discipleship is an eternal significance in your life but just go a step further Because our runway number four is mentor others in a D group. What is a D group? Well, it's just you meeting with two other people, reading the Bible, and holding each other accountable. That's it. We're growing in the Bible together. We're reading the scriptures. And listen, if you don't know how to read the Bible, if you don't know how to pray, there's no greater way than you to be with someone who's willing to help you grow in your faith. If you have a question of which one that you can that you need to get into a D group, they meet they meet weekly, uh, and we would love to plug you into one. Again, stop by the next steps desk so that we can plug you in to a D group. These two steps we have done because we as a church are all into discipleship. And brothers and sisters, we read this word, we need to be all in discipleship together. I cannot tell you of the benefit that I've seen in my life, but even more exciting as a pastor, of all the stories I see how God is working 
and the life of others through discipleship. Look, we're not all going to grow quickly, and we're not all going to be perfect until one day when he calls us home. And we need each other to help us along the way, to help warn us and instruct us that we may be complete in maturity. We need to be all in in discipleship. Are you committed today? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this reminder of how important that we need to be in discipleship for one another and for ourselves. Lord, I pray that you would help encourage us. Help us to not be a hectic sluggard, that we can be about the busyness of minuscule things and neglect the things of eternal importance. Maybe, Lord, today, the only thing that we might be committed or walk away with is what is, needs to change in my life, that I can be an all-in on discipleship. But I pray that there's someone here that maybe we're brought by a friend, maybe is tuning in online, that, Lord, they have never met and followed the true Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray today that by faith, they would trust in him, that by faith, they would be saved. By faith, they would become a son or daughter of Christ. He has died for you. He lives again. Trust in him today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And as we respond in obedience to what we've heard and trying to, to lead others towards greater faithfulness to Christ, let's make this our prayer that Jesus would be the center of that effort. Would you stand to your feet?
talk to someone about trusting in the Lord or you want to talk about baptism or church membership, I'll be hanging around the Next Steps desk right after the service. It's right through the double doors to the immediate left. We'd love to talk to you there. Uh, your guest, we're glad that you are here. Hopefully you filled out that Connect card. We have a gift waiting for you. This is your first time with us today, so make sure you have that filled out and take it to that Next Steps desk right after the service. We want to just connect with you and get to know you a little bit, so uh, go by that Next Steps desk Today. A couple quick announcements before uh, we, uh, I just encourage you to prepare for the offering. We're going to uh, uh, take an offering here in a minute, so if you want to prepare for that, just listen with one ear uh, to uh, these announcements. Uh, first of all, there is going to be an emissions interest meeting for Salt Lake next Sunday right after church. This is going to be a standing meeting for you to get to know how you might be plugged in on our trip to Utah to help bless Redeeming Life Church there uh, this summer. And so we want you to, if you are interested, thinking, praying about this, uh, st stay right after church, just a few minutes, and Mark will lead you and help you know what it takes to be on that mission trip. We're looking forward to that. We're thankful for the partnership with Redeeming Life and them reaching people with the gospel there in Salt Lake City. Uh, today, inside your bulletin, uh, is uh, information about the baby bottle campaign. We do this every year. Last Sunday was uh, Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. Uh, we weren't here, so again, we're just again reminding you the importance of life and encouraging life and praying for life. And New Hope Center is a, a, just a, a crisis pregnancy center that we have a great relationship with. I've met their director and been over there. Uh, and so we encourage you, maybe if you, there's some group that you want to volunteer with outside. Uh, they have some great volunteer programs, but they do a great job ministering to women and to fathers, uh, and they provide things for families when they need it. Uh, and so uh, as you leave, there's little baby bottles across the hall there. Uh, you just grab one of those over the next couple of weeks, fill it with change, pocket change, uh, folding money, whatever you want to put in there. And then on, how do, when did we say? It's the Sunday before, so February 12th. February 12th, it's the Sunday before Valentine's Day. Bring those back so we can get it to them, okay? Uh, You've you been generous about this in the past. We just encourage you. And you can go to their website and learn more about all the things that they do uh, here in northern Kentucky. Uh, so uh, we encourage you. They, they also have some other 
groups uh, throughout Kentucky. So we encourage you to learn more about their ministry. Uh, D now weekend for grades 6 through 12th grade is at the end of February. It's February 24th and 25th. If you have a 6th through 12th grader that's interested in discipleship now, basically it's a weekend geared towards youth to teach them the gospel, to be around other Christians. They have a great weekend. Uh, uh, Curtis is going to be outside, and he's going to be answering your questions and doing sign-ups this Sunday and next Sunday. It's a very minimal cost, and so if you want to, uh, I think it's like 10 bucks or something like that. So very simple. Uh, so uh, all weekend of activities. So go across the hall and see Curtis if you want to know more about D-Now Weekend. Uh, also, um, leadership training. Uh, we are opening this for women and men this year. It's a group of, who will study books of systematic theology, uh, Baptist ecclesiology, and biblical theology. If you don't know what any of those ologies are, but are interested, uh, come, and we would love for you to be a part of it. Uh, across the hall is a little information sheet about what the reading would be like. It's a commitment uh, but it will grow you in your faith and we have several that have already been through it who will attest to that uh, but you and it says inform me on january 23rd which is last week uh, but if you want to be a part of it please let me know today we're still actually waiting for a book to come in you're not behind yet we will meet at the end of february for the first meeting so uh, let it let me know today or tomorrow if you'd like to be a part of it and then finally uh, today, we do have a called business meeting, so we'll give about five minutes after the service, go get your children, and then come back in here, and then we will get started on that. So uh, that's all my announcements. Let me pray. We're about to give an offering. Uh, we talked today about uh, um, that guy over there. What's his name? Alan. Uh, talked to us about our partner in London. Uh, your financial and faithful giving helps support him and his ministry over in London. So we have a wonderful opportunity to give of our tithes and offerings, so let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful act of worship that we know that you've given us all things. We ask that you give, uh, as we give today, that you would bless it and multiply it so that it would help us fulfill the Great Commission here in Northern Kentucky and around the world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll go where you stay I'll stay when you move I'll move I will follow all your ways are good all your ways are sure I will trust in you higher than my sight, high above my life. I will trust in you alone. Stand to our feet and sing. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you. Whom you love, I'll love. How you serve, I'll serve. If this life I lose, I will follow you, yeah, I will follow you, yeah. Light into the world, light 
Have a great week.